Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good mythical morning, everyone. It's one and only V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Mornings with V and CJ. And unfortunately, CJ's on the road again. He's out on the road again, making CBD oil, my friend. He just can't wait to get on the road again. So I'm flying solo. Anyway, uh, check us out, roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, at Rogue News, and every single podcasting app known to humanity. We're everywhere you want us to be, plus a bag of chips. Also, check out mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com, as well as, uh, that's it, that's it, and all the other platforms and descriptions we got in the description box, y'all can check it out on your own time. Anyway, folks, good mythical morning to all of you, it is uh, I, and uh, there's a lot to talk about, I'm I'm sure some of you liked that little, um, that uh, image that I placed on the video, I think it kind of encapsulates where we are as corporate America. We have we have basically completed the fascistic takeover of the United States where and for all you Antifa and BLM types who wouldn't even know what a fascist is, even if one snuck up behind you and gave you an atomic wedgie. Okay, what fascism is is the is the coordination and amalgamation of government and corporations. Also another word for fascism is corporatism okay another word for fascism is corporatism good morning to all of you that are in there crypto cowboy alan bridge mohan singh uh who else we got there good humor man good morning to you sir eight day my man dixie's in the house mark anthony all of you guys good morning good morning good morning who else is here uh hobo hobo sermons my main man love that new track he laced for us buddy love it i gotta give it to cj we just need cj to run it and upload it uh, John Michael Karma, good morning to you. And who else? Who else is here? Uh, yeah, that's it so far. More and more people are going to be uh, coming into the live stream. So good morning to all of you. Uh, Jers, Jers, Jers Evan Green, Brandon, good morning. How are you, man? Yeah, I think Brandon's over at the LAPD headquarters doing his thing, doing his thing and listening to the show. John Quackenbush, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? How's it going? Awesome. Anyway. Guys, let's get into it. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's another day in exceptional stand as we're we're commenting and we're uh, breaking down the the collapse of empire. Right? And um, good morning, Kevin. Kevin Decker's in the house. It's it's pretty interesting, folks. Right. I've been saying it for years, like since 2012 when I came on the scene. I've been saying it for years. When a nation goes broke, its its security apparatus starts. It stops looking from enemies to from without, 
and starts to look into enemies from within. And the reason why it does that, it understands the system. It doesn't mean that everybody in the system understands it, but the system, because of all the feedback loops that are in place and all the data and the metrics that are in place and all the algorithms that are running all over the place, the system knows that it is terminal. Now, every single one of these politicians, I, I, I highly doubt that the vaunted intellectuals that are in Congress understand that the time, that the clock is on the 11th hour about to strike midnight. I, I doubt that any one of those peons know that. But the system knows it. The system when you peel back the layers of corporatism in America, when you peel back the layers of federal government in America, when you peel back the layers of all the bloated bureaucracies and you start looking at the data, the metrics that are shared and, and consumed and spit around and tossed around and shared around and spread around throughout the entire bloated bureaucracy that is exceptional, Stan, this, it, it, it's kind of like an, a, a body politic, right? It's kind of like an organism, right? Now, you as a person might not know that you got cancer until things are quite terminal, right? Sometimes there's something wrong in your body, then you go to sleep in the middle of the night and you your aorta bursts and you die in your sleep. There are things that happen to organisms that malignantly kill it in a very stealthy-like fashion. And so what happens in America is a unique situation. The system is terminal. The system understands that it's dying because of all the negative feedback loops that the system has created in terms of, you know, printing to oblivion, in terms of stimulating to oblivion, in terms of, 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 of never, ever fixing a single problem since the 2008 financial collapse. Never, ever, ever fixing a problem from the 2001 dot-com bubble crash. Never, ever fixing the problems from the 1987 stock market crash. Never really addressing the situation of fractional reserve lending, central banking, the derivative markets. I mean, you name it, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Never fixed it. So what happens is that all the data, all the negative feedback loops are coming back as a tidal wave, okay, as a tidal wave, as it crescendos into the body politic, and it's causing the body politic, whether they know it or not, to act in a very contrarian and very tyrannical way. So thus, you have all the systems in the, in, 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 in the body politic, in this organism called exceptional stand, is now, it's gone from, from looking for external sources in order to pillage, rob, rape, and destroy. And it's almost as becomes a, kind of like an autoimmune response, where the immune system starts attacking the organism. And in this case, the system has been turned on to the American public. Here's some late news that I want to share with you guys. All right, let me share the screen here. 
bear with me. I'm not as I'm not as fast as El Cuco. Updated U.S. infrastructure bill narrows crypto reporting requirements. Okay. I saw this damn thing coming two years ago, maybe even three. I've been shouting it from the rooftop, shouting it from the the, the you name it, wherever I could like blurt my mouth on it. I was blurting. I said, "Listen, this is what this is what the this is how it's coming down." Right. An updated draft of the controversial crypto reporting requirements clarifies that brokers. And who the hell is a broker? Effectuate transfers of digital assets, but stop short of explicitly excluding miners or other parties that don't provide customer transactions. Okay. An updated version of the U.S. Senate's bipartisan infrastructure bill narrows the definition of broker for the purpose of crypto tax collection, but stops short of specifying that only companies that provide services for customers qualify. The bill, which is being debated by the Senate, funds around $1 trillion in infrastructure improvements. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think we should, like, draw straws. I think we should, like, place bets. Uh, what is the percent, you think, of that $1 trillion that will actually go for infrastructure? I'd say maybe about 1% to 2% and probably go for infrastructure. The rest is going to be wasteful spending. The rest is going to be gone and looting. The, the rest won't, be, it won't even be accountable for Folks, you're dealing with a country, a country that can go into other nations and literally squander $6 trillion and nobody knows where it went. So that's what they tell you. I don't know. It's like when Bernanke was sitting in front of the, the, the Senate banking hearing, right? Hey, what happened to the $2.3 trillion? I don't know. And isn't it, so, isn't it funny that the Fed lost $2.3 trillion? And the Pentagon lost $2.3 trillion. Wow, ain't that a coinky dink, right? Because, you know, on a given day, it's just a rounding error, $2.3 trillion. I mean, anybody could have lost that, right? Unbelievable. So $1 trillion infrastructure bill improvements across the country will be paid by part. About $28 billion in taxes generated from crypto transactions. Look at that. They're licking their chops. It's going to be more than $28 billion. Folks, the... The sick of the psychopaths that are in government. And this is what makes me mad at the crypto industry. You beta males, you cucks, you soy boys that are involved in the crypto industry that are supposed to be pushing the forefront of human thought, human achievement, human freedom, redefining the ways that we transact you know, pushing the envelope of what the free market really is, creating what is called trustless ways of transactions where you don't have to trust that, hey, I'm going to give this person X goods and he's going to give me X dollars. No, this is completely trustless thanks to the blockchain. You've had the golden goose, you monkeys. And what did you morons do? You idiots, you soy boys, you cucks in the crypto industry. What did you soy boys do? you ran directly into the arms of Wall Street. Instead of going to war with Wall Street, instead of going to war with the City of London Corporation, what did you guys do? You ran into their arms. You got your little panties wet when you heard that Goldman wanted to invest in you. You got excited. You 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 popped a little chubby when J.P. Morgan said, hey, you know what, we, we, we like crypto all of a sudden. And you ran for, 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 for you hoard yourselves out for money. 
and the real individuals that are in the industry, they get punished. They get arrested. They get killed. The real coins that are out there, phenomenal coins. People ask me, V, what's your favorite coin? Monero, Monero, Monero is my favorite coin. Monero is cash. Monero is money. It's so damn good. Okay? It's so damn good. And it's privacy unmatched, number one. And number two, I've never seen the amount of development team that are, that's behind Monero more than any other coin. The development team, the, the, the people that are involved, I mean, what coin you, can you tell me where you have over 50 Stanford graduates and guys from MIT working on it 24-7? What coin can you tell me? And all they're doing is making it more and more private, making it unhackable. I, mean, I talked to a, a, a CEO of a major crypto company, a crypto company that its job is to track cryptographic currencies. They, they, they work for the government. They work for the feds. And they're like, yeah, we could pretty much tell, you know, where every Bitcoin, who owns what Bitcoin. We, we, we got that nailed down. And so what, what can't you nail down? Monero. We can't. We could, we could figure out, you know, a wallet. But once the, it goes into, this, in, into its circle transaction where Monero lines it up, looks like seven different wallets at the same time. And then there's multiple transactions going through, but it's really one transaction. So it's hides this transaction, makes it impossible to crack. We can't figure it out. And that's why, folks, when you go to many American exchanges, you can't buy it. They don't want you touching it. But instead of Monero, here, buy some more Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the thing that people buy who think they're actually buying Monero, right? B people think Monero is Bitcoin. Oh, I buy Bitcoin. It's going to be anonymous, and nobody would know. It's completely private. Ah, wrong. <laughs> You're complete opposite. Monero is what people want. Monero is what central bankers fear. Monero is fungible. Monero has real utility. Monero is the answer for so many things. Monero is scalable. Monero keeps, Monero keeps paying and rewarding its miners. It's an incredible technology. There's a book called uh, Mastering Monero. You can get it on Amazon. Mastering Monero. Read up on it. And recently, we had one of the major guys who's a big Monero fan, especially towards the end of his life. He, popped, he dropped dead. Who was that? McAfee. And then this week, we had one of the major developers for Monero, for Monero, somebody who's got a crap load of Monero, who said that, hey, I lost my Monero wallet in a boating accident. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We all know what that means, right? I'm talking about Fluffy Pony, right? For those that don't know, this is a little side story here. Fluffy Pony was, uh, his real name was, uh, uh, what's his name? His, uh, yeah, Ricardo Spagni. Right, South African Ricardo Spagni. His name is Fluffy Pony. The guy is one of the most greatest development minds <clears throat> out there. He was one of the core developers from Nero, and um, he got picked up and thrown in jail. You know what they charged him for? Writing false invoices for a cookie company in South Africa. You could not make this up. And the amount they got him for was a hundred thousand dollars. Right. He said, oh, he took $100,000. He charged, he took the invoice. It's funny because $100,000 is exactly the amount of money you would need for a fraud case of this stature. So they're making an example out of him. You think somebody who's independently wealthy, who's a, a serious brain, somebody who's started multiple companies successfully as a core developer in Monero, all of a sudden he needs to steal money from a cookie factory in South Africa? 
It was a total hit job. And again, who's working the case? FBI. <laughs> they want to extradite him to the U.S. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Real development stops. Right? Real development stops. And this is how they play their game. So let me get into this real quick. Okay. An updated version of the bill specifies that only people who provide digital asset transfers would be treated as a broker. According to a copy of the draft bill obtained by Coindesk and later posted online, in other words, the language now does not explicitly include decentralized exchanges, but it also doesn't explicitly exclude miners, node operators, software developers, or similar parties. I know a lot of people that own nodes. Any person who, for consideration, is responsible for regularly providing any service effectuating transfers of digital assets on behalf of another person is now included in the definition according to the bill. Wow, what a loose term for broker. Hey, uh, Bill, I, I got this crypto wallet. I don't know how to use it. Uh, can you help me? Sure. Let me go ahead and help you. Here, I'll send you some Bitcoin. Goes from one wallet to another. <gasps> Bill, you're a broker. I am? See, this is what I knew, and there's a lot of people that have set up LLCs and whatnot to um, to take crypto profits and this, that, and the other. And if they're not set up the right way, I'm not. I'm not going to get into any of that uh, on this broadcast. That's like something I would do with uh, with Singleton on a Zoom call uh, for the next uh, strategic seminar or something that I, I would share with my clients privately on one on one. But there's a lot of dumb people out there, a lot of unknowing people, and a lot of good people who don't know better. Okay who don't know better, good people that don't know better, saying, hey, you know what? I've been utilizing cryptocurrencies for my for my LLCs, and, and here's the deal. I've taken profit. I put in my LLC. Um, and these are, the, the again, these are people who you've bought your crypto on an exchange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, buddy. You bought it on an exchange. You didn't get an OTC. You got it on exchange. Uh-huh. You went to Coinbase, cracking and whacking and Gemini and, and, all the, and it's got Pi in the Sky and all the other exchanges that are out there and then all of a sudden you you're, you've taken profit from it or you know you're in bitcoin you want to liquidate you want to well i'm not personally taking it it's going to be you know put through my llc as a pass-through ah, wrong wrong answer folks they're putting the the nuts they're tightening the bolts on this whole entire thing and there's tightening the nuts on this whole entire thing because what occurs is this. Remember, the IRS considers crypto, and this they just changed it. Was, it's always been, you know, they see they see it as, as property. Unless you got more than 60K of it, then it's an investment. Capital gains tax. And what did my man Biden said? Mr. Build Back Better, the crash test dummy himself. Build Back Biden. What did Build Back Biden say? It's a, it's a 50% capital gains tax. 50% capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. That's right. 50% capital gains tax. And, 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 and if you want to mitigate that tax, you better line up to buy one of Hunter Biden's magnificent painting painted portraits, man. He's, he's, a, he's an amazing artist and a painter. And you if you buy one of Hunter's paintings, which are north of $100,000, then you don't have to play by the rules. You get so you know you're part of the in crowd. Oh yeah. So build back better Biden. Cardboard cutout in chief. 
has stated that you're going to get hit with a 50% capital gains tax. But that's a, what, what, what? Oh, it gets better, folks. You see, the IRS sees it as an investment. Now, the SEC <laughs> sees it as currency. So it's money. All right, so what does that mean? Based upon SEC rulings, if you're a company and you're getting your crypto, you're you've taking your, your Bitcoin, you bought it, and you have it, you have an exchange wallet, you bought it on an exchange. I don't care what exchange you bought it on. You bought it on Coinbase, you bought it on Hoibee, you bought it anywhere on God's green earth. Don't matter. It's been on exchange. There's a record of it. They know where you got it from. They know where it's going. Now, check this out. Now, because it's also considered a currency, Mr. LLC holder, who thinks you can just pass it through because you're so smart, the answer is now you're now you're the, the question that the regulators at the feds are going to ask you when they knock on your door is yes, uh, yes, uh, uh, we know that you've been uh, collecting cryptos, uh, uh, we've been taking profit in, in crypto, um, sir. Yes, I have, but it's in my LLC. Does your LLC have a money transmitter's license? <laughs> no. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. That's exactly how it works. How do you get a money transmitter's license? Uh, well, you got to take out a minimum, depending on the state you are, it could be anywhere between a hundred and hundred to a $250,000 surety bond. You got to take that out. You got to fill up a whole bunch of paperwork. You got to get a whole bunch of regular, you, you basically, the state regulators are going to be looking up your rear end with a, with a, with a torch, with a flashlight. And then once all the approvals are done, you get an MTL license. Now, if you're, if you're transmitting money without an MTL license, may, may God have mercy on your soul. Because then, then you're talking about serious fines and or jail time. That's what most people are headed for and they don't even realize it. Why are they doing this? Like I said to you before, they don't want you holding crypto, right? They don't want you touching it. They don't want you holding it. But they don't mind you giving up the ghost. They don't mind you. I mean, think about how... how um, Think about how lovely it is for these guys, right? They love crypto. The government loves it. Why? Because it, 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 it's so volatile. I mean, there's no other asset in the world that it can go from, I don't know, um, you know, this was so funny. There's, there's people out there like, can I buy crypto at a discount? Nope, it's going to be at a premium. What's the premium? Yeah, I don't know. It could be 8%. It could be 10%. Who knows what the premium could be, right? That's what you're basically buying it for. Well, I don't, don't want to buy it that high. Because you're paying a premium on an asset that can move between 50 to 200% in a month. That type of volatility the feds love. Why do they love it? Because there's a great deal of significant upside, right? And there's a great deal of taxes. Now, watch with, walk with me here, okay? Watch this. What's been happening the last several weeks? You guys, if, if, if you guys get this... I'm gonna paint the picture for you. You guys get it. You're gonna. You, it's it's gonna click. You're gonna be like, aha! So that's what this whole thing game's about. The last several years, what, what's been happening in the crypto industry, especially Bitcoin, right? They've been buying the crap out of it. 
whether it's at $9,000, they don't give a rat's for rent. They're buying all of it. Uh-huh. So when they buy all of it and it goes up, what's happening? Most Americans buy high and they sell low. So they're buying into it at like 30000 40000 Oh, my God, it's creating such a tizzy. A lot of people are getting involved in it. A lot of, a lot of family offices are getting involved in it. And, and, and here's the deal. So, you, so once you control the supply, you do enough wash trading. Okay, You do enough moving from one wallet to another market. You can start moving the price of, of Bitcoin. Up to you know fifty thousand, sixty, seventy, eighty, a hundred thousand, right? Don't be surprised that Bitcoin starts going up to a hundred thousand before next April, just in time for tax season. Because now you have capital gains tax to play. You got a, a, a huge capital gains tax to play to pay, and you have a huge income tax to pay as well, right? Don't be surprised. You see how it works? They raise the market. Everybody rushes in, right, because it's going sky high. They don't want to get caught out there, right? And then all of a sudden, here comes taxes, and boom. They're making. They're going to make a killing on the taxes. Think about it. This is why they said, well, we're going to create a, you know, $28 billion, right? The, the, that would be part, you know, the infrastructure bill, $28 billion will be from tax. Just $28 billion in taxes from crypto alone. That's massive, man. That's massive. But I promise you it's going to be $90 billion by the time it's done. $90 billion, maybe even $100 billion in taxes. And they'll love it. Why? Because they're going to ride the market up high. It's tremendous. And this is why it's important for a lot of these altcoins and altcoin projects that are out there to really start breaking away from Bitcoin. Really start breaking away. Because Bitcoin is the noose. It is the weighted millstone that's that, that causes the market to rise or causes the market to fall. Everything is pegged to that. And that needs to stop. And that only stops when individuals who are working on next-level technologies start breaking and pushing away from that Bitcoin mold, number one, and people start supporting it, especially countries. And it's also pretty funny that a lot of the, uh, uh, what looks like a lot of crypto mining is, is being shut down in China and it's moving. There's the, the information that I'm getting is kind of uh, still in flux. I haven't gotten, I haven't had the time to really delve into it. But I bet your bottom dollar that any one of these miners that are going to come here to the United States, you're jumping from the pot and into the fire. This is not this country is no longer a business friendly environment. They don't want you holding anything outside of their control. Folks, you're the slave. Slave ain't allowed to own anything. Right, slave? You're not allowed to own anything. You can't own your you can't own the car, you can't own your house, you can't own land, you can't own crypto. Shame on you to think that you have any sort of financial freedom. Shame on you. And this is what the stupid infrastructure bill is about. It's crazy. Absolute craziness. Okay. On a, another note. This is pretty funny right here. Let me bring this up. Oh, folks, we have... Uh, 
Canada's full fascist. You know, CM, I, the article I was just pulled up right now to share with you has everything to do with Canada. <laughs> Canada is full fascist. I don't know who's worse right now, Australia or Canada, right? Uh, maybe the Aussies, because now they got troops on the street and Black Hawk helicopters flying around overhead. Make sure that uh, you're not, you know, 1.2 kilometers away from your house once a week. I mean, it's just insanity. Listen to this. My own country of Canada just kicked me out because my COVID immunity was acquired naturally and not from the vaccine. Can you imagine this? Right? This is this is what happens when the morons, right? When there's a proliferation of idiots and morons and sheep, compliant sheep who <laughs> just goes along to get along. They go along to get along. <laughs> You know, and they, they, and there's a there's a cacophony of these morons in Western governments. Listen to this. I went home to visit my mother. Canada tried to force me into a COVID detention facility, threatening fines and police action, as they don't recognize my natural immunity. I had no choice but to immediately fly back to Europe. Isn't that wonderful? At the time of this writing, I am in an altitude of exactly you know thirty thousand feet, and I'm approximately three thousand miles away from Vancouver, Canada, and at you know six thousand miles from my stopover in Munich, Germany, and route back to Paris, France, where I really should be, is relaxing on the back backyard patio in a jacuzzi at my home in Vancouver with a cold drink on a hot summer day. Instead, I'm on a Lufthansa flight heading back to Paris. Just a few hours after heading across the ocean on a 10-hour flight because my own country's officials kicked me out. All because I committed the apparent violation of trying to re-enter my own country with proof of naturally acquired COVID-19 antibodies made by my own immune system post-recovery rather than those generated by the man-made COVID-19 vaccine, which is much still to be learned. Daily life for a COVID-19 survivor with natural immunity from the disease is not for the faint of heart. As someone with a high level of laboratory-tested antibodies whose levels have yet to drop even after several months post-illness, my doctor has advised against vaccination. Much is obviously still to be learned about the COVID jabs, still in stage three of clinical trials and considered experimental by health authorities, particularly with reports abounding of breakthrough cases of vaccinated people catching and spreading COVID. To protect and preserve my acquired immunity by opting out of vaccination that risks interfering with it or causing a risk to my health, France now requires me to succumb to nasal swab antigen tests every 48 hours if I wish to continue accessing everyday venues like public transits, gyms, restaurants, shopping malls, and bars. But it's a price that I'm willing to pay for my health. And now I'm paying another price for choosing to protect my own health. I find myself threatened with internment by the Canadian government. Something that is not even terror suspects or illegal immigrants are subjected to without at least a hearing. When I attempted to return home from Paris to Vancouver to visit my elderly mother for the first time in a year, I was treated worse than a criminal. I arrived at the airport with a negative PCR test, two positive COVID antibody tests from March and July, proving that I still had significant COVID antibodies post-recovery and a COVID immunity certificate written and signed by the French doctor to confirm this fact. The Canadian border officer refused to accept the antibody laboratory test results as proof that I had recovered was immune from COVID. Of course he rejected He's a fucking moron. 
He's a brain-dead automaton, and he's power-tripping. His life's joy is to make people like you miserable. That's where he derives his joy. He wanted a PCR test less than three months ago, after which everyone is expected to take the vaccine. I didn't know that I had COVID until I took a serology antibody test last week. Nor did the officer show any consideration for the negative PCR test taken hours at departure or for the various other antigen tests, all negative, taken every 48 hours for the prior 10 days. Instead, he ordered me to sign up for a three-day stay at a government internment facility, then be followed by a mandatory and monitored 14-day home isolation. Isn't that wonderful? First, they take you to some cold clinical detention facility probably a prison like environment with a with a with a with a five by eight room maybe a cot and you're going to stay there for three days while they test you for negativity and then after you're done with that they're going to probably put you in a home put some sort of a covid uh, you know tracing app on your phone by force to keep you in 14 day quarantine so now you are 17 days into your vacation. 17 days, and you haven't seen jack crap. I mean, this is the insanity of it. Okay? I was then referred to a federal health officer who asked if I signed up and paid $2,000. Oh, you thought the, the Canadian Socialist Government of Canada that gives you free health care is going to allow you to stay at their government facility for free? No, no, no. You see, this wonderful government facility that has all the accoutrements, it has all the accoutrements of a, of a, of a Four Seasons, a Four Seasons bathroom closet, okay? You know what they want to charge you? They want to charge you $2,000 for three-day government internment. So not only is your vacation to Canada ruined because you got to stay 17 days quarantined, but it's going to cost you $2,000 on top of the several thousands of dollars you've already spent for hotel, for cars, for, for, for food, for airline tickets, all of that. Two grand on top. I said no. She said that I have no choice except with respect to which the government contracted facility I like to be detained in at my own expense. I asked, what if I just walk out? She gestured to the Royal Canadian Mounted Police officer right behind her and said that leaving result in a fine of $6,000. I asked, then what if I stay here in the airport and book a flight back to Paris and cancel my entire visit back to my home in Canada? She replied that it would be fine. So I booked a flight back on my phone at a cost of just over $1,500, still cheaper than government internment, still cheaper than staying locked up in, in, in a hotel or a home for 14 days with a COVID tracing app attached to my phone that will alert me and the authorities that I've left my quarantine. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? She took down my return flight number, wrote me up a federal health order that I had to sign, acknowledging that I was to leave Canada on that flight or face criminal penalties up to and including imprisonment. Oh, Canada, my true and faithful land. Hmm. That, okay, before, or face criminal penalty. Okay. She, help, she helpfully added that I could still be fine for my ignorance, but they graciously let me go with a warning this time. What a benevolent, budding authoritarian regime. Let's be clear. The Canadian government, by having, by behaving, 
in this manner is routinely criminalizing those with COVID antibodies that are not derived from manufactured experimental vaccine. Why would you want that? Folks, it's like, I forgot what the drug company was. I don't know if it was J&J or Pfizer or one of these asshat stupid pharmaceutical companies. We all know the jab ain't working, right? So what are they doing? We all know HCQ and ivermectin has been very effective, but they've been so out of copyright and patent. They've been out of patent for so long that it's dirt cheap to make. And the pharmaceutical companies cannot jeopardize losing money because what's important is the shareholders of the pharmaceutical companies and the stock price rather than the health of the American public. Who cares about the American cattle? They can go stick it. They can go die for all they care, right? In fact, their business is disease. They're busy. We don't have health care in this country. We have disease care in this country. Disease care, folks. My God. If you knew how certain people in, around, in, in other countries around the world live, it's, it, it's, it's like breaking from the matrix, man. Your mind will meld. Your mind will absolutely melt. Your brain will turn to mush if you found out how people live in other countries, which are far better in terms of health, and in terms of taking care of their own population, where their health systems are rewarded for curing people and getting people off of medications. They're actually rewarded. There's an incentive there to get people off of meds. Here's the exact opposite. The incentive is to keep you sick. The incentive is to keep you on meds. The incentive is to kill you. Remember, they already derivatized your life insurance policy. You get, you die, they're going to make 140% on the back end while your family gets X amount and then gets half of that taken in estate taxes. Thank you, Build Back Better Biden and the cardboard cutout in chief. Thank you for that. Ridiculous. Just a few hours later, as I'm now back on a flight to Paris, my mother broke down in tears waiting for me on the other side of the arrivals hall as her daughter was expelled from her own country. Something that Canada doesn't even know, doesn't even do with terror suspects. That's right. If you are, if you are Mahmoud Al-Kaboom, you have come back from fighting the infidels in the deserts of northern Syria, then my friend, you are able to come back to into uh, Canada and uh, they will say, peace be upon you, please enter in and you are all welcome. No problem. No problem. But if you're a Canadian... And you're trying to come back into Canada. Oh, you a slave. You one of them cattle that got away. So what's that all about, eh? Sick. The next step for myself and others subjected to this discrimination should be a court challenge to the federal government's actions. Government ordered internment facilities for immune COVID survivors under threat of incarceration have no place in democracy. That is terrifying. You know what's more terrifying? What's more terrifying is all over Canada and all over Europe and in some states here in the United States, they're building these facilities all over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, it's, not, it's just not at the airports. Remember what the lady said, right? The lady said that, that, that the, the government minder, the, 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 uh, the border officer, the customs enforcement, whatever the hell you want to call these idiots, right? The immigration officer said, which government facility would you like to stay in? Meaning there's multiple. And that's only at one airport. These facilities are all over the place. They're designed to hold thousands of COVID people or non-vaccinated people. I'm not even going to call them infected. You don't have to have an infection. 
You just don't be vaccinated. That's designed to hold you. This is the beta test, folks. Does this mean they're going to reactivate Rex 84 in the United States? Remember Rex 84? Internment camps, FEMA camps, as they were called? For the unvaccinated, because the unvaccinated is such a risk. Folks, we need to start getting this into the into, into the public psyche. Okay, we need to get this into the public psyche. If the vaccine works, why are you worried about unvaccinated individuals? I mean, your vaccine works, right? That's the whole point of the vaccine. And I love it when people say, well, that's not the way the vaccinations work. Then how does it work, dummy? Because for several, for a hundred years or so, that's how vaccinations have been working. Right? Almost a hundred years. That's how vaccinations are working. You're inoculated against a disease, you don't get the disease, you're fine. I remember going to foreign countries, you'd have to get inoculated. Right? You'd hey, take the shot, they have this, they have XYZ over there. And boom, you take the shot, you don't get sick with XYZ. But now, modern retardville that we live in, exceptional stand, and the morons in the West, the decrepit, logic, logicless, there's no logic, non-logic West that we live in, Western culture, that has completely flipped that on its head where I have to take the vaccine. Okay, great, go ahead, take the vaccine. Are you going to take the vaccine? No. Oh, my God. Then you're going to... Dude, calm down. I mean, your vaccine works. You're protected, right? I mean, that's how it works. All of a sudden, we've, we've had vaccine science flipped up on its head. The purpose of the vaccine is once you have it, you're good. You don't need to wear a mask. You don't need to, you don't need to uh, worry about infected people. That's the whole premise, right? That's the whole idea, right? But now it's like, oh, no, no, everybody needs a jab. It's not voluntary. It's mandatory. Why, dude, if it works, why are you worried? So basically it doesn't work is what you're telling me. Uh-huh. So why are they doing this? Why are they, why are they, why are they doing this? Simply because of the profits of the drug companies. Well, that's just stupid. I mean, the share prices are, you know, these are not trillion-dollar companies like Amazon and Microsoft and Tesla and Apple. No, they're not. But the higher their stock prices go, they're making trillions on the back end for these derivatives that are based on pharma stocks. Oh, yeah. There's a derivative for that. Anything is, It's like there's two markets, folks. There's the, the, the physical, the, there's the market that we know, traditional equity, stocks, bonds, and whatnot. And then there's the the fictitious. The, I mean, the stocks and bonds are that, that's fictitious to begin with. But there's a, a hyper fictitious, a shadow market. That's derivatives. And this is where you, the, the 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 dark pools are. The trading dark pools that they're all you know off hours trading is taking place and whatnot. And the dark pools of money that are out there in, in various financial institutions, right? Why is it happening this way? Because these pharmaceutical stocks are worth trillions in the derivatives market. Exceptional stand needs that. Because if they can force you against your will, you know, here's what's scary. I'll break this down for you guys. And if, do you realize why the banksters hate 
a physical economy. And I wrote it down on my two articles that I wrote on, you know, we didn't start the fire part one and two. They hate a physical economy because a physical economy causes honest transactions. Number one. Number two, they hate a physical economy because a physical economy requires people. It actually requires people to transact. It requires the free market to function where people have a choice of what goods or services they want to buy. The bankers hate that. The bankers like the fictitious world they live in. They like derivatives. They don't care about people. They like algorithmic trading, computer to computer. They like the fact that everything's been financialized. They like the fact that Nothing is based on any sort of underlying asset. Why? It's all make-believe. It's the Wizard of Oz, and these guys are the Wizards of Oz. It's a complete illusion, and these guys are the illusionists. They don't want you to see what's real. What's real is that we are a dying, decrepit, and decaying country. And unless people wake up and take it back, we're doomed. The banksters can't have that. You're worth more dead to the bankster than alive. Your social security number doesn't belong to you. You see, your social security number on the back of it is a bond number. You pump that alphanumeric number on the back of your social security card into any trading computer in Wall Street, your name comes up and you're being traded, folks. That's the God-honest truth. You are a human resource. That is a God-honest truth. That really happens. And not only are you traded, but let's just say you get a speeding ticket. Well, there's two docket numbers. There's the long docket number, which I believe is a 15 or 16, no, it's a 15 digits number that you punch in again to a trading computer. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, Billy Bob's uh, traffic ticket is financialized, derivatized, and traded on the back end of the derivatives market. How the hell? The same thing with your life insurance policy, same thing with your health insurance policies. So your bank accounts are, are, are hypothecated and trade also on the back end of, 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 of um, Wall Street. Folks, do you get what I'm saying? Everything you have, there is a backdoor financialization going on, whether it's your health, your wealth, anything. You're worth more to them dead than alive. If your death means that Pfizer stock goes up 10, 15 bucks, and that's rehypothecated and derivatized 140x, 140 times over, then that's worth it to them. Why? Because it's not about health care, disease care. Because the pharmacy, and people say it's all big pharma, big pharma. Folks, big pharma is the slave to the big banks. Oh, it's the military incompetent complex. The military incompetent complex is a slave to the big banks. It goes back to the financial reasons, folks. All roads lead to the banksters. All roads lead to Wall Street. All roads lead to the City of London Corporation. All roads lead to the, to the banksters. These are the ones who have enslaved Western culture. These are the ones who've denigrated Western culture. You are worth more to them as a dumb sheep who can barely put two words together. 
your kids, they love the fact your kids are dumb. They listen to stupid music that make no sense, that have no vote. They don't even have any words to it. They don't care. This is where we are. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. <sighs> Treasury Department to invoke extraordinary measures as Congress misses debt ceiling deadline. That's that's great. It's wonderful. It's good news. <laughs> Why are they doing this? The Treasury Department will begin conducting emergency cash conservation steps. Economists say those so-called extraordinary measures will allow Treasury to pay off government's bills without issuing new debt for up to three months, but should buy Congress enough time to raise or suspend the debt ceiling. The alternative would be a never-before-seen default on U.S. debt. <laughs> and here, here you have the football with clipped hair. Janet Yellen. She's a football. She looks like a football with clipped hair. The Treasury Department will, will conduct will be blah, 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 begin conducting emergency cash conservation steps on Monday to avoid busting the federal borrowing limit after a two-year suspension of the debt ceiling expired at the end of July. Economists say that those so-called extraordinary measures will allow the Treasury to pay off government's bills without floating new debt for two or three months. After that, Congress will need to either raise or suspend the borrowing limit or risk the U.S. defaulting on its obligations. The limit, a facet of American politics over a century, prevents the Treasury from issuing new bonds to fund government activities once a certain debt level is raised. That level reached $22 trillion in August 2019 and was suspended until Saturday. The new debt limit will include Washington's additional borrowing since summer 2019. The Congressional Budget Office estimates that in July, the new cap will likely come in just north of $28.5 trillion. The Treasury Department notified Congress on Monday afternoon to confirm that it's begun the emergency measures Treasury Secretary Janet the Football Hat Yellen explained to House Speaker Nancy the Idiot Pelosi, Democrat California, that her department will halt regular payments to a variety of retirement funds. <sighs> what does it mean? What the, why does this all connect? Folks, you got to understand, in, in, in this news, right, the, the Treasury Repart Department, which, you know, according to the, uh, the QAnon people, that uh, Trump took control of the feds and put the Federal Reserve under the Treasury, blah, 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 blah. The feds still in control. The Fed, while the Treasury is going on this emergency freakout, emergency cash conservation, every night for the last three weeks, banks have been borrowing from the Federal Reserve window the overnight rates in the repo market, the repurchase order market, the repo market, they've been borrowing trillions of dollars every night. Every night they've been borrowing trillions of dollars in order for them to turn on the lights 
and to pay their employees. On the backdrop, we have, I don't know how many, 16 million Americans that haven't paid a mortgage or a rent payment in the last almost two years at this point. Folks, these mispayments in rent, in mortgages, is reverberating, causing negative feedback loops to the lending institutions. Now, you got to understand, folks, I'll tell you the story of a, of a client of mine. Client has a mortgage with a bank. This was in the good times, right? This was before any of this COVID nonsense, right? Client has a long-standing good mortgage with a bank. You know, he's paying his, mor- uh, his mortgage every month. All of a sudden, he gets a knock on the door from the bank saying, you know, we're going to be foreclosing on you. You got to be out in like 60 days, 90 days. So what are you talking about? I've been current on all my payments. Well, you know what? You've been current on the interest, but not the principal. You got to go. Suffice to say, he sued the bank, won in court. They did a strategic audit. They found out that the bank sold his mortgage to another bank, to another bank, to another bank, and that some bank somewhere defaulted on the debt. And whoever was the buyer of the mortgage, the note of the house, all of a sudden um, they came knocking on the door and tried to collect on the asset, which happens to be my client's house. Suffice it to say that he was able to stay in his home and he won the court case and had his mortgage canceled. It's a long and arduous process. Most people don't have the stomach for stuff like that. Now, that was in good times. I want you to imagine how many millions of people, because they haven't paid, is causing defaults in mortgage-backed securities. I want you to think about how many people who haven't paid a rent and, and, and then the property management company that owns the property, that owns the apartment complex, that owns the unit, whatever, you know, that's financialized. I want you to think about how many of those banks are now defaulting. Folks, this is worse than some subprime nonsense. This is far worse because you got to understand, number one, they never fixed the problems from subprime. The subprime mortgage crisis in 2008. The 2008 financial collapse. They didn't fix any of that. Fast forward to today, where you have millions of people who haven't paid a rent or a mortgage. What happens on those financialized notes when it's being kicked all over in the derivative market, when it's being kicked up and down the chain in the derivative market, and all of a sudden, There's a default. Why do you think there is now a frequency in the background of millions of people being evicted, losing their homes? In the background of millions of banks that are completely, that are in a stress test right now, 
they're in a crunch that they got to go to the Fed window to borrow money just so they can open their doors and turn on their lights and play their employees for the day. Do you understand that your existence is on a hair trigger? Do you understand what the next move is? Well, luckily, you're talking to the man. You're talking to the dude who knows the who knows the dude who knows the dude who knows the dude who knows the game plan. Actually, I know the game plan myself because I look at this crap and crunch data all day. What else am I going to do with my life? You think I have a life? <laughs> Folks, it's set up this way because there's going to be another bailout coming. Somehow. But it's not going to be called a bailout. It's going to be some sort of a, a, a unique financial vehicle that's going to be set up and you can expect it in the next round that's also going to be part of some sort of an infrastructure bill. And what it's going to facilitate, and you got to understand, folks, do you remember three years ago when BlackRock was brought on as a primary mortgage buyer, as a primary bond buyer and bond clearinghouse for the Federal Reserve? Do you know who is the lender of last resort on every single mortgage note in the United States, whether that mortgage is for an, a, a multi-unit apartment complex or if it's an individual residential complex or if it's even commercial real estate. Do you know who the, who the lender of last resort is on every single mortgage? It's the Federal Reserve. Why do you think they put BlackRock in charge? And do you think it's coincidence that as soon as BlackRock became gotten that that position three or four years ago, BlackRock's been on a tear buying properties? Folks, these banks who are defaulting right now as you're hearing my voice, and you're not hearing it, it's not going to make the news, nobody's going to know about it, nobody's going to know jack shit about it. Keeping it real quiet. The quiet default. If a tree falls in the forest, does anybody hear it? If a bank defaults in the derivative market, does anybody even know about it? Those banks are going to take their notes. They're going to take their mortgages, their assets. You know what they're going to do? They're going to have an asset recovery program. And I wouldn't be surprised that it's already in the infrastructure bill. I wouldn't be surprised. And if it's not there, it will be in the next investment or rescue vehicle that they're going to be creating to shore up American banks and to make sure that the lending is there for the infrastructure programs, something along those lines. The Fed is going to be taking possession of the majority of these properties, and BlackRock is going to be brokering the entire deal because they're the ones that are most experienced with it. More than anybody else in the entire country, BlackRock has a hell of a lot of experience in terms of handling assets, especially mortgage ones. Do you think, I mean, think about it. If, if I wanted to create a really good financial clearinghouse and I'm the Federal Reserve, I would call JP Morgan. JP Morgan would be my first choice. Hey, JP. But JP is an expert on currencies. 
When I need currencies and I need to, you know, sop up some dark dollars that are dumped offshore and I can't stick it in Clearstream, I can't stick it in, 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 in the Cayman Islands, I can't stick it in Gibraltar, I can't stick it in the island of Jersey, I can't stick it, you know, uh, uh, you know it, it, in, in Clearstream or Euroclear. And the 96 countries that Euroclear operates in, then I call J.P. Morgan. And they'll work with the Emergency Stabilization Fund, the ESF, the Plunge Protection Team. They're experts at that. But when I need to shore up mortgages, when I need to shore up assets like properties, that's BlackRock's thing. Three years ago, BlackRock, three to four years ago, BlackRock became... The, in the position with the Fed in order, okay, in order to clear bonds and other assets and help the Fed out. They're going to be the brokers of it. Folks, is it coincidence that currently on the cardboard cutouts Right? Is it, do you think it's coincidence that in the cardboard cutouts administration, what financial firm is overly represented by many of his cabinet picks? I'll give you a hint. If you guess BlackRock, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Oh, yeah. You're absolutely correct if you said BlackRock. Now, their names escape me. I had a list here. And their names escape me, so I'm not going to delve too much into it. But there are at least six major guys that are in the Biden administration that are all part of BlackRock. Okay, six of them. Think about that for, for a second. You are witnessing the greatest theft in human history. You are witnessing the greatest, most egregious theft in human history and is being perpetrated by the ones who shout and scream freedom and democracy and equality and uh, liberty the most. Western civilization. This is how it ends. Not with a shout. But by the sound of a click of a mouse's button. As wealth is extracted from the American public. From the hands of many. To the waiting mouths of a few. This is the gorilla. And I'm out.